Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, podcast 143. This time I ramble about some hardware, which are the Creative Labs Tactic 3D Fury headset. And I didn't have anything else really planned this time, but I started playing through Far Cry 3. So I might do sort of a rambly, off-the-cuff retro review for that. So you have a second thing to listen to. And that's all I have for this time. So hopefully you'll enjoy the show. The Creative Labs Tactic 3D Fury headset is the latest in the Tactic 3D line. This headset is $50 currently. The Fury features 40mm headphones, cloth ear covers, a single line jack for the new school media plug, you know, the single plug that connects for headphones and microphone. And it has an attachment, so you can attach that to USB. And it has a traditional boom-style mic, which can be removed if you don't plan on using it. The cord is super light. It's very easy to move around. It doesn't get, like, caught on anything. Well, I suppose it would if you bump into it. But in terms of moving it somewhere, it's really, really light. So it's very easy to brush out of the way. And then it kind of stays out of the way without issue. It's not like it's heavy and it's going to flop in your way for no reason. The cord has inline volume and mute for the microphone. And that's pretty close to the headset. It's maybe, I would guess, about a foot down. So it's probably about sort of at most people's, I guess you could say, bottom of your armpit or sort of middle of your shoulder. It's at a pretty natural position if you reach over with the one hand. The sound seems okay. The 40mm size is the size that is typically used in pretty much every headset manufacturer's headset. This kind of speaker does favor mid and high tonal ranges though. Though through the software you can add a bass boosting sort of amplification thing. Though I don't know if it really helps. Bass is generated by really large speakers typically mostly done through subwoofers, so it's really difficult to sort of reproduce on headphones. The software also has a bunch of other features. You can add crystallization. I'm still not quite clear on what that does. You can add sort of a 3D effect, and there's voice modulation, and there's a few other things. Mostly, though, I just don't even use those. I just leave it off and have it go to, you know, default headphones. Because, I don't know, to me, I I really don't like the simulated surround or 3D sounds. I just like proper two-speaker headphone setups if I'm wearing headphones. So up to you. The options are there. This does seem to have the same great mainstream quality from Creative Labs that we've come to know them for. And as I mentioned at the start of the ramblings, it is important to note that the Fury has the new school, I forget the proper name for it, but it's 
basically what I call a media jack. You can plug it into your phone or any other media type device and it will work, you know, as both headphones and, you know, a microphone inline mic. But important for gamers is that the PlayStation 4 also uses this kind of jack. So if you have a PlayStation 4 and you want headphones that work both for your, you know, PC slash desktop slash whatever and your console and maybe your media too, you might want to give these a look. One issue I did have when I was using my PlayStation 4 and testing the headphones with it was that it did seem really, really, really quiet. I don't know why. I didn't really get a chance to test it out a whole lot because I'm homeless. You know, I gotta pack up and unpack my console every time I want to do anything. And I really want to try and minimize that. But I did find a post, you know, after I did my test that if you hold down the PlayStation button... Apparently, some special controls come up and you can turn up the volume on the headset. I did notice a pretty high number of people saying that their headphones were all super quiet. And it was different kind of headphones. So it might be something that needs to sort of be patched in, you know, in a future update to up the volume on that. I'm not sure. But overall, they seem like pretty good quality for 40mm size speakers. And it's probably about on par with most of the manufacturer's quality. They all pretty much use that same size. So if you are a a fan of Creative Labs, you might want to consider it. If you are not, they probably won't be all that much more amazing than other ones of its, you know, size and quality. In sort of personal notes, I prefer the faux leather style of ear covers as opposed to the cloth ones. The faux leather ones always seem a bit more comfortable to me. I guess it's like a sensitivity issue. The cloth seems to, I don't know, feel very different and not as desirable as the faux leather type. The headsets I currently have, which I'm going to go back to using, are 50 millimeter, So they're a little bit bigger. And they have, you know, that faux leather. But I think for me, one of the things that I noticed that was really kind of important that was also sort of a a stumbling block for using the 40 millimeter Fury headset is that that smaller size kind of sort of smashed my ears. I don't know if a different design would be preferable. There are some that are round instead of, I guess, squarish at the 40 millimeter size. But I don't have any issues with my current slash older headset, which is, you know, 50 millimeter and a little bit bigger you know, in terms of the ear spacing. Also, the headband kind of seemed also similarly a little small. I have kind of a big head and big ears, so it's probably fine for most people. But it did seem like it was just a little bit smaller than, you know, again, my current slash old headphones that I was using. So if you are sensitive to ear cuff size, I guess I could call it, and headband size, This did seem a little bit smaller. Also, I don't know if it's because I'm used to, you know, the 50mm headphones that I've been using, but the tonal range didn't seem quite as solid. You know, my current headset seems to have a better tonal range and quality, but most of all the headphones that are being sold, you know, as I said, are 40mm size. Finding ones in 50mm size are very difficult these days. They tend to be reserved for headphones that are in the, you know, several hundred dollar range. So you might not have 
too much of a choice there. But with these being, you know, $50, that's a lot cheaper than the current headsets that I've been using, which was, I think, 80 bucks at the time I got it. Or compared to Creative Lab's new Evo line, which if you want the faux leather, you want the 50 millimeter speakers, you're going to be paying 200 bucks for the high-end Evo headset. Some notes on the Evo line. They are a little bit cooler in that they fold up, so they are designed for a bit more portability. But the cheapest model is $80, so that's quite a jump from the $40 to $50 of the standard Tactic 3D models you have to choose from. There are several. There's even one, I think the base model is like $25 or $30, so they're quite a bit more expensive than that. The Evo line is also different, though, in that they don't have that boom mic. It's a mic that is just built into the headset itself. So if you are somebody who doesn't like those boom mics, you don't want them in the way, you might want to give the new Evo line a look because they are built in. And so, you know, they're never going to be in the way. They're always going to be ready to go and, you know, not in your way. The Evo line is targeting more general media use than gamer use, though. And they have that new, you know, universal media plug that's a single jack. So you can use it as headphones for, you know, your gaming system or your phone or your PC through, you know, a USB converter. It is somewhat important to note, though, if you do get one of the new Evo headsets, it has a single jack to USB converter. So you either have to use that single media jack or USB. So if you want to use the old school 3.5 millimeter headphone jack and microphone jack that are separate, you do apparently have to buy a splitter slash converter thing, which is sold separately. So for PC use, you'll pretty much want to just use USB. And then if you're going to hook it up to your console, like PlayStation 4, or I suppose your your media device like your phone or MP3 player, you know, you'll want to use the single jack. So I don't know if the Fury is really kind of necessary. It seems like they're transitioning everything over to general media and gaming together in the Evo line. So it looks like if you want to get, you know, the newest and the the best, you'll want to look at the Evo line. But like I said, the cheapest Evo product is 80 bucks compared to the Fury, which is 50 bucks. You know, that's quite a bit of difference in terms of cost. And if you're just going to be sitting at your desktop or, you know, just keeping them at home, I guess, you know, having a, a solid thing that you might just drop down on the table might be a better option than something that is, that is designed for sort of portability and, you know, lightweight design. The Evo line does have more features and stuff, but if it's not something you're going to take really good care of, it might not be the best choice for you. But that is my rambling on the Tactic 3D Fury, as well as what I've seen in advertising in websites for the Evo line. And hopefully you'll find something that is good for you. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Retro Review
So I guess I can do sort of a retro review for Far Cry 3. I picked it up on Steam sale, like for like 10 bucks. I haven't actually played the Far Cry series before now. I did play Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, and that was my introduction into the series. Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon is apparently a mod, so this is really the base game that that came from. For those like me who had not played any Far Cry games before, the Far Cry series is basically a first-person shooter which has an open-world environment. You're given a main quest line when the game starts, but very quickly after that you'll do maybe, I think, one or two missions that follow it, and then you'll just be sort of thrown out into the wild. There's the talent system. There was sort of an automatic force-choice talent system in... Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, but in this one you actually have a full talent tree choice kind of thing. There are three different talent trees. They kind of specialize in terms of this one will give you hit points and healing boosts. This one sort of specializes in stealth things. This one sort of specializes in in their face kind of assault type stuff. But it is sort of a a straight up investment tree type thing. You start sort of in the middle of a group of talents. And you have to, you know, buy an adjacent talent to unlock a different talent. But I've gotten a lot of talents I like. Nothing has been really barred from my acquiring it, you know, without spending too many other points. I think the furthest one I got that was blocked was I had to spend two points to get to it. So, you know, that's two points wasted, but I've got a ton of points for most of the game. I have had a few different points free just because, you know, I wanted to get to a deeper talent and, you know, it was locked by you need to do more missions kind of thing. So I've never really been upset with the talent system. There have been some cool ones that I really like. There are a few that I just feel kind of meh about, but I'm not really you know, upset about how they built the talent system. It does allow me to feel like, yeah, I've really specialized in stealth and my playstyle, and there are, you know, obvious other options I could have done with it. So in terms of the talent system, it's pretty cool. As far as I know, all of the Far Cry games take place on an island. So you'll start with a little bit of the island revealed in terms of the map, and there will be a few key locations that you can go check out that are also marked. So it's really up to you what you want to do. You can follow the main quest line immediately and just, you know, follow that and do nothing else. Or you can go do all of these side goals which are highlighted. And as you do various side goals, various pieces of the map will be revealed and that will get you, you know, even more stuff you can do. It's very open and, you know, you're free to do whatever you want, sort of in whatever order you want, except for the main quest line, which has, you know, certain things you have to do in a certain order. It is sort of a new school shooter in that you are limited to four weapons at any time. In Far Cry 3, you have to skin animals pretty much to get all of your upgrades. So you only start out with one weapon slot available, and then you have to skin some animals, and then you can have two, and then skin some more animals, and then you can have three, and then the highest one is four. Though. At any time, you can swap out the weapon you're holding for a different weapon that you find on a bad guy. Or, you know, just laying on the ground. Sometimes there will be special missions that 
send you somewhere and they, they give you a weapon for free at that location, basically. So you aren't limited to just that number of weapons overall. You're just limited to how many you can carry at any one time. Even with just two weapons available, you pretty much have a lot of options available to you in terms of playstyle. I tend to go for stealthy playstyle in these kind of games. So I'll usually start out with something like a pistol, and then maybe I'll take sort of a lower-end assault rifle or higher-end submachine gun, and pretty much use those as my main weapons. I currently have three slots unlocked, and I use sort of a silenced, really fast submachine gun as my main weapon. And then in the second slot, I have sort of a, a heavy damaging assault rifle with extra ammo. And then a third weapon, I rarely use it, but I have the bow, which is like the total super stealth weapon. You can kill people, and if nobody sees you kill them, you know, the kill will be undetected. It's like the only weapon you can do that. So those are the weapons I choose. But like I said, I've got probably a dozen or more unlocked. And in the game, when you unlock an outpost, you'll get access to basically a weapons locker and sort of shop where you can sell stuff and buy stuff. So at any time, you can swap out your loadout, you know, and then move on and do whatever it is you want to do next. Since I mentioned outposts, I will ramble about that. They are pretty much one of the main side goals you can do. It's kind of a contradiction in terms, but outside of the main quest line, the main thing you want to do is take over outposts. And in Far Cry 3, there are tons and tons and tons of different kinds of outposts. It seems like every single one I've been to is different in terms of layout and design, so that's really awesome. Although I loved Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon very much, it was really kind of a stripped-down Far Cry 3. There was only, like, three or maybe four outpost types in Blood Dragon. But like I said, I've taken down... I think about 15 different outposts in Far Cry 3. And like I said, every one of them seems like they've been at least a little bit different. So if you're like me and you tend to favor stealth, you know, some of them are really easy to take down with stealth. You know, there's a lot of buildings, there's a lot of cover. You go in, you find who's pointing where and what their patrol routes are, and you just take out a couple guys in the end and work your way around to the standing guards, take out the standing guards. And it's, you know, super easy to do with stealth. Whereas other ones I've fought, you know, you basically don't have that option because the buildings are all really spread out. And maybe there's, you know, four or five guards all standing pretty much in the middle. And you can't sneak up on any of them. So there's a lot of really cool variety in the layout and design. And how you approach each base is almost different for everyone. I remember one that I couldn't do by stealth. I wound up basically being like Rambo in this one. It was like a gas station outpost, so there was a lot of barrels that had, you know, explosive stuff in them everywhere. I wound up accidentally shooting the first one, which set off a big explosion and took out a bunch of guys that said, oh, hey, that was super effective. So I did that a few other times. People were running everywhere. There was an alarm triggered and some reinforcements came in and I blew them up and, and then some other reinforcements came in and I blew them up. It got like totally crazy because it was completely opposite to, you know, my usual stealth style. But because, you know, I was forced into that different style, it was, you know, a lot of fun. 
once you liberate an outpost, I guess I could say, your good guy people move in, and then you can use use the shop there that gets unlocked. Like I said, you can change weapons or sell stuff or or purchase you know more ammunition or supplies that you need. And then also a few side quests are unlocked with each base. So you get a few different options. Usually they're like kill a pirate with a knife in this smaller base, you know, over next to where you are. Or go and do this special hunt and kill certain animals in a certain way. Speaking of the store, there are lots of stuff I guess you could buy for the weapons would be the the best way to put it. Different kinds of mods will upgrade the damage or give you a scope that has zoom. There's a lot of cool paint jobs you can get. For the most part, though, money doesn't really seem to play an issue in the game. You always seem to have plenty of money. I've never been short on money. And as you do various things, you'll unlock weapons for free. So I'm not really sure why money exists. I'm almost always maxed out, and pretty much any time I get near a shop, I have to purposely burn out as much money as I can just on junk because otherwise I'd never be able to pick up more money. So I don't even understand really why they have a money system in the game. Hopefully they'll change that in the future to have more meaning. But it seems like, you know, it's given me so much stuff for free and money is so plentiful, it's never been an issue to buy or have, you know, what I need. So in addition to getting stuff free, you know, you can buy it through money, which you pick up along the way and get plenty of. Honestly, I do have to say, though, that, you know, all of this stuff kind of does become repetitive. It's just like take over base or kill a pirate or hunt a specific animal. Doesn't really get a whole lot deeper than that. But because of its design, because of how it is, you know, different from base to base and side quest to side quest, it is really interesting if you're into shooter type games. Like I said, you know, there are things that come up that either go wrong or they don't go as you planned or something is just a little bit different. And it makes for these really interesting and fun stories that really help the world, you know, stand out as cool and fun. Like another fun story I had was there's these jeeps and they kind of patrol around. And if you're in an area of the map you haven't revealed yet, you can't see exactly where the jeep is. And to reveal map areas, there's radio towers, and you go up them, and and you can reveal part of the map and, you know, extra stuff that you can do. But anyways, so I heard this jeep coming, and I knew it could be trouble, could be bad guys, could be my guys, I'm not sure. But a jeep is always, you know, somebody coming at you really fast. So I snuck into sort of this cover above the road that I could see, and I waited for them to come, and it was bad guys. So I said, okay, well, I'll shoot the bad guys as they pass. And then, you know, maybe I'll get one or two of them in the Jeep. Usually there's about four guys in the Jeep. And then, you know, I'll fight them on the ground, you know, after they stop. Because they were too far away, you know, for me to catch, you know, by stealth, you know, and, and this car. So it's driving really fast. You can't really sneak up on a car. You just get run over and killed. But it was kind of funny because I shot them with my silenced weapon, which is mostly close range. But I guess I was a really amazing shot that time because I apparently took out both guys in the Jeep. When I took out the driver, it sort of swerved and crashed into something and flipped over. And then when I went down to investigate, I had apparently shot them both, you know, on their way in. So that was pretty cool and funny and completely unexpected. 
I didn't think I was that good of a shot, but sometimes I am. The graphics are really good, and they're really amazing. They look really wonderful. It looks like a nice place to visit. It's a tropical island, a lot of beach, a lot of clear skies, a lot of clear water. Some of the background is kind of meh, because it really just renders the island. And it does render it, you know, far enough that you can see really well, but, you know, everything past the island, you can tell it's just the low-quality map. It's not, you know, an actual 3D model, so that's a little bit jarring. But you can get over that. You don't usually do a lot of really long-distance views. There are also some special kind of missions. I'm not quite sure how they tie into the story yet. I've done, I think, three of them. But it seems like there's some kind of old-school research that was happening on this island. So you're revealing sort of story about the island. And those are also kind of different. They have different goals. One was... I had to run through the base really fast because it was like falling apart. And in another one, I had to find special research documents. And in another one, I had to sort of get through this maze type thing. So there is sort of this side mission adventure exploration thing that is, you know, kind of different than just straight up shooting. So that's very cool to do as well. The graphics, though, overall are really good. Pretty sure I have them set on high. The sound is really cool, though. There's not a whole lot of sound. I mean, there's a few different animal-type noises for, you know, things sneaking around in the jungle. There's a few different weapon-type noises. You certainly don't get bored of the sound, but it's not like there's, you know, a super lot of different kinds of sounds. It has enough sounds, and they're good. The music seems good, though I don't think there's a whole lot of it. But it seems like I've only heard maybe half a dozen different kind of musics. The music and sound are on a single slider. You can't control them independently. Usually I'll turn the music down in a game. But I think in the Far Cry series, it sort of is important that they control, you know, the various volumes. Because it does add to sort of the tension. When you get into a tough situation or a big firefight, you know, the music will sort of turn up. And that sort of helps to disorient you and feel, you know, like you're in the moment. And when things calm down, the music sort of calms down and you hear more of sort of the atmospheric noise or just, you know, the surrounding noises around you. I've only played for about 15 hours, I think it said. And I'm kind of just taking my time. I'm messing around. I'm not really rushing the main story. Going more for the clear all the base, have a lot of fun with as many side quests as I can, kind of playthrough on it. But I would say, since it is typically pretty cheap, if you are into first-person shooter games, you might want to check it out. It's a lot of fun, there's a lot of freedom, and I, for one, will be checking out future Far Cry games. News for this time is pretty much the same as last time. Knights of Badassdom is due out on the 21st. And I, Frankenstein is due out on the 24th. And that's it for the news.
So I guess that's it for this Rabbit Swamblings podcast. Hopefully everybody had a good New Year's time and had a lot of fun. I've been having a lot of sad days lately. End of the year slash start of the year is always a time of reflection. And pretty much, you know, I don't have a whole lot to reflect on. My sad homeless life is still sad. Seemingly, every time I try and do something to make it not sad, it winds up not really helping and still sad anyways. and wind up in a dead end. I'm at the start of what will now be like the fourth career path in my school history, which is 15 years of school history now. So it's really kind of, you know, sad. You know, I'm trying to stay hopeful. But, you know, in the past, you know, 15 years, it's like none of the school stuff I've done has mattered. None of the career choices I've made have led to any kind of real career. So, I don't know. I'm just very sad about that. It seems like I'm going nowhere and nothing is going to change. But, hopefully, I can be entertaining on my podcast and maybe help you guys out with recommendations of various things. So, hopefully, I can be useful to some people out there. And hopefully, everybody had a good time. And hopefully, I'll see you all next time. Okay, thanks, bye. This isn't happening, Dale. We're not here. It's just a bad dream. Oh, I agree completely. Why, we'll wake up any minute to Harper and have a laugh about all this. Though through the software you can add a boost bass. A, a boost bass? I should check that. Your media device like your phone or iPod player or i. Or I think it almost feels like every single one I've visited has been a different layout and design as the one I. As. There is a talent system. There was sort of... <laughs> Rabbit Slumbings is... I'll be back. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbits ramblings dot html when you type rabbits ramblings don't use the space if you would like to send me an email you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com if you like my page you can also post on facebook at rabbit dot com you can follow me on youtube at rabbit dot com be sure to put the number one in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2014 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.